Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Take the green road along the riverbank. The boatsman's festival will be coming to an end. The harbour swains and lock keepers meet under the awning to take the last drops beneath the blossom pink sky. Follow the lights, the lights over the bridge and through the round fruit garden. Avenue on avenue of peach and cherry, plum and dandelion. Then through the walled beds of roses to the moon underwater. Welcome one, welcome all. It is I, John Robbins, landlord of the moon underwater, here to welcome ye, and also to welcome a guest to fit out and kit out their dream pub, and talk about all things pub and pint, uh, with me to navigate the ebbs and flows of publy business. It's our regular, the lovely Robin Allender. Hello, Robin. Hello, John. Pull up a pew, my dearest pal. Ah. <sighs> Thank you. And pour thyself a delicious orange drink. I'll let you behind the bar if you like. Thanks. I'm just drinking it straight from the tap. Straight from the tap with his gullet set to open. (laughs) Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine, mate. Oh, I tell you what, Robin, I've been out in the Angular Gardens. Oh, yeah. Through There's so many different shapes in the gardens in the back of the moon underwater today. Yeah. What kind of shapes are we chatting about? Oh, isosceles, one or two of them knocking about. Uh, a few sort of pentagonal, uh, I want to say hedges, because that's exactly what they are, sort of pentag- pentagonal hedges. And, and in the middle, the most incredible blooms of roses. Great. Quite extraordinary rose bushes we have here at the Moon Underwater. All of the roses, uh, different colours, on the same bush, <laughs> hanging from the same bough. Yeah. There's a beautiful tree in Forest Hill that, in springtime, that it has two blossoms, two different kinds of blossom. Yeah, a double B. There's a double B. And what's annoying about it? I mean, this is very. <laughs> what's annoying about the double blossoming tree? <laughs> well, no. What is annoying about the area is, for some reason, people fly tip 
beneath the double oh, blossom tree. God. But how how do they know? Well, that's the problem with the other realm. Yeah. You just can't have nice things. No. You can't have a double blossoming tree without someone chucking a bloody mattress under it. But I've been obsessed with it for several years now and do is it is it always the same person or do people just know like there's some kind of folk law, some kind of knowledge, unconscious knowledge that everyone has that that's where people can fly tip. Not that they can. I think it's that sort of crowd thinking thing where you put... You know when you're ever walking along a street and a shop has left their rubbish out legally? Yeah. So in one of those, like, purple plastic bags or whatever to be picked up, and suddenly, you know, someone puts a coffee cup there, then the next person's putting their, you know, their takeaway box there. Right. People are just horrible. <laughs> I hate them. You hate all people. Yeah, but no people in the Angular Gardens... Um, just a flight of robins, mm. um, and then I, a robin, zzz, and you, a robin. What's the collective noun for robins? Oh, a genius. An anxiety. An anxiety of robins. <laughs> so that was nice, taking a walk in the Angular Gardens. Yeah, that's very nice, yeah. Um, a lot of lovely scents mm. uh, filling the old nostrils. It was sort of jasmine, Daphne, and burgers. Uh, I think next next door we're having a barbecue. Oh, I see. It wasn't the Burger Rose. No, because next door's the Dream Restaurant. Oh, I see. And it's Burger Night. It's Burger Night. Yeah, yeah. And fair play to them. Yeah. So tell me about your week in pubs and your pubs in weeks. Well, my week in pubs, we went to the secret pub mm-hmm. uh, before in the other realm, before going to um, a performance of Alan Partridge at the O2. No, wait, we didn't because it wasn't open. We went to the <gasps> King's Head in Marleybone. True Dat. Yeah, which is a great pub. I've talked about it before. Yes, we didn't go to the secret pub because it was closed due to the Dubilee, <laughs> yeah. um, which was a shame. But it was sort of quite strange in central London over the Jubilee weekend because some places were Ramo Cablamo. Yeah. But the rest of it was Dedo Cabledo. It was. There was one very flag heavy pub that we walked walked sort of towards and we thought oh that not sure about that uh people look a bit mm, not sure and then we walked walk closer and Nigel Farage was outside smoking wasn't he yeah in Union Jack shoes Union Jack shoes uh, well he's I guess one of the classic pub figures like him or loathe him he he is synonymous with the pub say what you like about Nigel Farage yeah <laughs> yeah so that was uh that was that was my main pub of the week. But today, when I was in the Angular Gardens here, it reminded me of going to some Angular Gardens in the other realm. Okay. Because uh, I went to a National Trust property uh, for the Ooh. first time in my life. Have you become a member? Uh, no. Oh. Uh, but I'm nearing my 70s, so I thought it was about <laughs> time to start visiting some National Trust properties. So I'm drinking. You know how sort of beer in gift shops is always disgusting? Right, yeah. You get like a sort of three-pack of bottled ale from a brewery you've never heard of. I'm familiar with that. Well, the National Trust do a pale ale. It's called Kentish Pale Ale Smooth and Hoppy, brewed by Western Brewery with National Trust Farm Hops. So nine separate hops, most of which are picked and dried at the National Trust's Hop Garden at Scotney Castle in Lamberhurst, Kent. And I have to say, it's it's very nice. It's qu- it's quite bitter. Taking a sip now, 
I wonder if nine hops is too many hops. <laughs> yeah. But that's not reflected in the taste. It is quite bitter. I wouldn't describe it as smooth, but I would describe it as hoppy. And I say, it's a thoroughly nice drink. Great. I went to, for the first time, the Douglas Fir in Crystal Palace, which is a little micro bar run by Gypsy Hill Brewery. Yeah. And that's fantastic. Really nice little room. Uh, obviously got all the Gypsy Hill um, beers on there, including their Hunter Hellas, which is really nice. As And they also have uh, one, one keg on as well. So that's a really nice little spot. Oh, lovely stuff. I also went to a couple of pubs near me where I sampled Rebellion uh, from, I think it's from, is that the name of the brewery or is it the Marlowe Brewery? Let me just check. Just look it up in my mind. Mm. Uh, yeah, the Marlowe Brewery, Rebellion. And um, I have to say it's delivered yet again. Good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they do sort of like, they do uh, quite a lot of, month. so they do monthly beers. Yeah. So January is adventurer february is rocket Uh, march is engineer so it's a very they're very british uh but this month's special beer was monarch (laughs) uh, obviously because of uh dubilee factors yes i had a nice um do you remember last week i was talking about how i went in the annex and thought it was the best real ale pub in bristol Mm -hmm. i had a nice tweet from thomas who said He'd just listened to the episode and was picking up his daughter from Bristol Uni. And her house was literally across the road from the annex. And he went in and had a hophead. Oh, lovely. Um, which was nice. Um, and he said his daughter didn't even know it was a pub. Or didn't even know it was called the annex. It is very tucked away. And weirdly, it's next door to another pub called The Sportsman, which is why it's called the annex. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But they're two separate pubs. I do I like the idea of a pub you don't know is a pub. Yeah, exactly. That adds to the mystery. Speaking of mystery, yeah, I heard you sighing a lot earlier on while I was out in the Angular Gardens. Yeah, I was saying uh, what mist availed itself of thine own mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had some lovely mists. Thanks so much for writing in, as always. Uh, we had a nice mist in. This one's from Darren. Uh, double pubble, he says. Morning, gents. I have two contributions to make. Just from the first ten minutes of the latest episode. First, I work in Whittlesea and drive past the dog in a doublet on my way to work. Remember, we were talking about this pub, pubs with unusual names. The dog in a doublet uh, is on the river road, about a 10-minute walk from Whittlesea. There is a flood meadow on the other side of the river, and most years the road gets blocked off, so the only way to get to the pub from Whittlesea is by foot in wellies. That's nice. I like that. I like a pub you have to earn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, get a boat there. Oh, yeah, if anyone knows a pub that you have to get a boat to, let us know. There is one in Bristol, isn't there? Beeses? Oh, that's You have to get a boat over there. Anyway, he says, also off track, I grew up in a pub mm. and went to the licensed victuallers school. A school didn't for... we all? Didn't we all? <laughs> a school for pub kids oh. in Slough. That's brilliant. What did they learn? Like, I wonder if it's like you had to do maths, but oh, sort of today in, in pints. pints. Yeah, today yeah. Today yeah. we are learning about pints. So... Put down your phones. Yeah. The strange geometry of ale. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you mentioned famous pubs. Yeah, we were talking about pubs that you might have been in that have been in TV programs and things. Pubs of stage and screen. Exactly. Pubs of the silver screen. When I was 17 or 18, my parents... I like the way he's put 18. (laughs) 
So when I was 17 or 18, <laughs> when I was 17 or 18, my parents ran a pub trip to the Granada Studios in Manchester. Coronation Street was my mum's favourite, so it was for her really. But we had a coachload go up from Peterborough. We were shown Baker Street in Holmes's time. Oh, right. Hang on a sec. We were shown Baker Street, Downing Street, and finally back to the Rover's Return. Oh, it will be all the different sets they have, Oh, I, I see. There's a Downing Street set. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, I suppose for telly programmes. Mm. It was a f- so the Rover's Return. It was a fully functioning bar that was used as the bar on set, but also opened out into cafeteria type sit- seating. So this reminds me of remember when we had Lisa Holdsworth on, when mm. she was talking about the Woolpack, which is a functioning bar, the the pub from Emmerdale. Um, I'm afraid to say that I drank too much, and I have thrown up in the Rover's Return. Oh dear! I had to endure a long trip home by coach, feeling decidedly rough. So the Rovers did return. They really did. <laughs> Well, that's nice. Yeah, let us know, John, at moonunderpod.com if you uh, have any, you've been to any pubs of stage and screen. Yes. This is a good one from Joe. We're talking about cool pub names. Hello, John and Robin. I'm just writing to tell you about a lovely little pub in Leicester called The Bowling Green. The pub has been under many names over the years, but a favourite of mine is The Polar Bear. It was named as such as it used to be next door to the Fox's Glacier Mints factory in the Victorian period, whose brand logo is a polar bear. Oh, I like that. It's like being inside an enormous Fox's Glacier Mint. Um, And this is a good one. This is from Paul McGrath. Oh, I've been to the Bowling Green in Leicester, I think. Ah. Yes, it's got really... I, I really like the way that their pumps are laid out because it has the price on the front, mm-hmm. it has the percentage, and it has like a little sort of tasting uh, sort of note around the hanging from the top of the pump. Oh, that's nice. And it doesn't have any of those silly little samples. No. I don't like them. Um, this is a great one from Paul McGrath. Uh, not the footballer. And this is the dog and gun. Matins, John and Robin. Absorbed by the pod as ever, I particularly liked Zoe Lyon's choices. I wanted to drink each in turn, despite it being 8am. <laughs> I, re- <laughs> I resisted, of course. On hearing you mention the pub in Bottom, the dog and handgun, you may be interested to hear of a long-gone pub here in the Norris Green area of Liverpool that was genuinely called the dog and gun. It fell victim to some murky goings-on and was closed down. I never went, but did go to another nearby, also demolished, where there was a man who appeared to be on a date with a shotgun. Was he, was he on a date with a shotgun, or he had a shotgun with him on his date? Oh, God. <laughs> Sounds well, a bit weird. Dog and gun makes sense, because if you go, like, shooting, yeah. you have a dog to collect your your the murdered birds. The murdered birds. Yeah, there's a folk song called Dog and Gun. Um so he saw he saw a man on a date with a shotgun. I was so perturbed, I only had three pints of Guinness. Fair enough. You've got to be in and out in that situation. Yeah, that's <laughs> quite odd. Anyway, keep starting our weeks in the best possible way. Pubs and beer chat. Yours in pints, Paul McGrath. Oh, thank you, PMG. Yeah. Thanks so much for writing in. Well, uh, Robin, I've got to close the back door because the weather outside has taken a supreme chill upon itself. Ooh. And I... I I wonder if the uh, Angular Gardens are preparing themselves for an unseasonal frost because the the angles are shifting somewhat and they are forming uh, sort of battle phalanxes. <laughs> they are, aren't they? A lot of the hedges are sort of doming over the roses to protect them from the um, upcoming frost. So I'm going to close that door and get ready for this week's guest.
Robin, 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 Robin. Yes. Uh, I've been buffing the old uh, spines in the library, mate. Is that a euphemism? No, I have been applying various leather ointments to the spines of all the books in the Moon Underwater Pub Library. And I have to say that it was a mistake. They're looking awful. They're, they're just sort of covered in a, a form of grease. Well, I've, I, I remember seeing a programme that, you know, vellum, you know, old books were covered in vellum. I speak no other language. Yeah, I think they, they didn't, don't they treat that with cow urine? Ah! Yeah. That's where I've gone wrong. I think I've, I think what I've done is I've used butter. Oh, okay. On the, um, on the spines of a lot of the leather goods. I'm sure the moon underwater itself will sort of heal them. Mm. And I really, I regret interfering with the, uh, with the spines. <laughs> and it, it really does smell of butter now. Well, that's not, it's not, it's not a bad smell. No, but it's also not a good smell. In a library, buttered spines. Buttered spines, and wait till it. Wait till that butter goes rancid, Robin. I mean, if you, the phrase "buttered spines" to me, it sounds like you're in the Bodleian, and there are shafts of light coming through, and the light is buttering the spines, but it's not actual butter. Do you know what, Robin? Yeah. Now you come to mention it, it was buttered light. I can't believe it's not buttered light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. You don't need to believe it's not buttered light because that's actually what it was. Oh, well, you were right then. Yeah, in fact, I've improved it. Why does it smell of butter, though? Well, no, it smells of buttered light, oh. but it's a very similar smell. It is, yeah. Um, yeah, because I must have picked up the can of buttered light and not the can of light butter. Oh, OK. That's why my toast tastes weird. Uh, <clears throat> yes. <laughs> It is, in many ways. Uh, but thank goodness uh, that the uh, spines turn out to be in good nick, because I think the sound of hooves and wings and cloven feet, all of the transportation, nothing to do with our guest, uh, who has, I'm guessing, you know, ten toes and no hooves, no cloven feet, and relatively few wings uh, but they are arriving on the cobbled streets and i see bright beautiful auras at the door today robin it's a very much an aura feel to the light in the moon underwater aura what uh or a guest oh or a guest. yeah yeah it's or either a guest or, coming it? in it's either an aura or a guest oh, yeah. coming in uh, and yes it is here she is it's anya magliano hello anya hi thank you so much for having me Welcome to the moon underwater. Can you smell the buttered light? I can smell the buttered light. My feet are firmly on the ground, all ten toes, no hooves. <laughs> all ten toes and no hooves. And no makes... shoes either. <laughs> all ten toes and no hooves makes Johnny a dull boy, um, as they say. Is that the phrase? What's the phrase from that's that the, film? That's the phrase, bang on. It is, that's the exact phrase from the film. Uh, Anya, take up a little pew... Uh, and I do actually mean a pew. We've only got pews here tonight, uh, just rows and rows of pews, altar books, and those lovely little sort of cross-stitched or embroidered kneeling pads that they have in churches these days. Uh, so draw up a pew, draw up an altar book, and draw up an, a kneeling pad uh, emblazoned with a crest of various honours, uh, and uh, come and sit at the bar. <laughs> I will. I will. Thank you so much. What a, is it? All, is your is the moon underwater very biblical? It can be. It's sort of 
it's all things to all people. It can be many religions. It can be no religions. Mm, um, very modern. Yes, it's accepting of uh, every single faith and creed. Uh, it's, I would say, Richard Dawkins popped in once and there was a tension in the air. <laughs> it's always the way. Always the way. There was a little tension, but they made their peace. Mm. And uh, he, he he downed a, a two-litre bottle of high-strength cider. <laughs> <laughs> and and seemed pretty happy by the mm. time he left. So I, I think the sort of the moon underwater heals quite a few uh, religious rifts. Oh, I bet Dawkins hated that. Yes, he probably did, actually. Um, but the 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 uh, I think it was called uh, ice white uh, the cider he was drinking. He brought it himself, uh, which I explained <laughs> to him he didn't need to. Uh, but yeah, guzzled it down in about twenty mins and um, stumbled his way back to the uh, the other realm. Yeah, he was quite stressed about the whole realm divide. I don't think it crossed his mind that that was a possibility. Yeah, did he try and take some honey across the realm divide and get stopped? uh... Where it turns back into bees. (laughs) By realm realm security. (laughs) Yeah, well, if you try and take honey uh, between the realms, it will will turn itself back into bees, and then then you've got a jar full of bees. Yeah. Which is the last thing anyone wants to be carrying around with them, buzzing away and, you know, causing fear amongst children. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, maybe that fits with Dawkins' vibe. Now then, Anya... Uh, before we uh, delve deep into the pub of your own desires, I'm sensing certain certain sun-drenched climbs in your name. Mm. Talk to me. Fill, fill me with buttered light. <laughs> okay. Uh, my first name, Anya, that's Polish. Mm. Second name, Magliano, is Italian, which I think Ooh. is the climbs. So when you, when a fight kicks off, you don't know whether to be Polish or eat pasta. That's a sort yeah, of that's thing exactly the would problem say. I've always had. <laughs> be Polish. <laughs> that's the classic. I think it's really like Italians like come with a lot of stereotypes, and they're quite you know they're quite vivid as a culture. Whereas I feel like with Poland, yeah, the stereotype is being Polish. It doesn't bring a lot to mind. From my experience, that's all like New York stand-up is someone coming on stage and saying, um, my 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 dad's from um, Brazil, my mum is from China, so when we go out to eat, I don't know whether to um, enjoy Grand Prix racing or uh, build lots of cities very fast. Uh, and there's a huge laugh, and you think, what 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 What's is going happened? on? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't tend to... I don't talk a lot about... I'm more connected with the Polish side than than the Italian. But also, my stepdad is from Derby. um, And he's the one I get told that I resemble, which feels unfair. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's not the one I wanted. Feels like you've been lied to. Yeah, yeah, I know. But yeah, I don't... I feel like the... My my dad has lived in... Grew up in Watford, whereas my mum grew up in Poland. So I've had more kind of Polish connections. But... um, yeah, Italy's Italy's knocking around, Poland's knocking around, Derby's knocking around. It's the it's the classic like triumvirate of nations, I think. It's the triple crown. Yeah. And so but you don't talk about that in your comedy. Or do you talk no, about the oh, triumvirate? Yeah, non stop. <laughs> oh, I do that great. bit that you did earlier. 
Yeah, <laughs> but, but adding in Derby and Watford. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when a fight kicks off, you don't know whether to go to the worst service station in the UK. The first. The worst and uh, the first. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they've updated it since. <laughs> uh, no, they have, uh, but they did a poor job. Um, or... Uh, Can't wait to hear this. To... Are you thinking of things to do with Derby? <laughs> to... I don't know anything. Peter Shilton. Go to the Into Peter Shopping Centre. Go to the Into Shopping Centre with Peter Shilton. There we go. It's good stuff. It's good gear. Yeah. And this is all gratis. <laughs> Anya. Thank this you is so all on much. the house. Yeah. It's good to workshop. Mm. Uh, Anya, talk to me about pubs. Talk to me about Anya in pubs and pubs in Anya. Anya in pubs. I think I have. I always thought pubs weren't for me. When I was younger, pubs were kind of like a mysterious place that my mum and my stepdad would go um, because I lived with my mum growing up and there was a, like a local pub that I never went to with them because I associated it as something really boring that I would just go and have like a can of Coke and just sit whilst they were chatting and like never really understood pub culture until I got older and went to uni and then was like, oh, this is for me because I can drink now. But when I was younger, they always would go to the local which was the Prince of Wales, um, classic pub name. And, and where, where's this? This is in a town called Marlow. Oh. Um, yeah. Oh, not far from my uh, N of the W's. Where um, the Hand and Flowers is in yes, Marlow, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Near that. Um, Prince of Wales, quite different vibe to the Hand and Flowers. <laughs> not, it's not Michelin star. And I wouldn't say... I don't know what the opposite of Michelin star is, but it's... A Michelin tyre. A Michelin tyre. It's skirting around a Michelin tyre. It had, like, one of my favourite features of pubs, which is a landlord with a bizarre side hustle. Um, Oh, that's nice. I like this. Yeah, so the landlord there um, was... is, Is... I don't actually know if he still works there. A guy who also doubled as an Elvis impersonator. Nice. Um and semi-professional, and sung at my mum and my stepdad's wedding. Uh, oh, brilliant. And he was good, Good, I would say, in case someone listens to this podcast <laughs> who has a connection with him. What kind of era Elvis did he do? Was it kind he of He did early white or? suit with V-neck. Oh, okay, so sort of the 70s kind of a vibe. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say he was hammered when he performed <laughs> well so was Elvis <laughs> yeah exactly so it was really true it was a really true truthful performance I do like the the pub as venue for side hustle yeah because I guess a lot of people who have side hustles use them in the pub e.g selling meat asking no questions or telling no lies selling dvds running a sort of a, a, a book on uh or running like a sort of betting book Arts and crafts, a local a local group who might meet at the pub uh, to discuss their interests, crosswords, opera, the like. I am a big fan of the side hustle, and it's not a bad name for a pub. Come the to side think hustle, of it. it's good. Yeah, mm. the cider hustle. Side hustle. Have you have you been to the Hand and Flowers, Anya? I think we went like once, re- like when I was quite young, probably before I had any understanding of, like, anything being good. I think it was before I developed, like, 
a taste in anything. So I think it was an opportunity that was entirely wasted on me. Um, but we to walk to my house, you have to pass it. So we pass it all the time. Um, I remember one of the most exciting rumours ever in Marlowe was that... Um, was that Kanye West was spotted going into really? the hand of flowers? Yeah, that was that was going around rumor mill, and everyone was like, "Well, there we go. We've, Marlo's finally made it." This is Tom Tom Kerridge's pub. Ah, yeah, Tom right. Kerridge has a kitchen there. Uh, I, I went there with my girlfriend and had um, a very very nice meal. It was one of those very expensive meals where, like the when you look back, I, I think the the best thing we ate was the bread at the start. It was superb. Didn't you have really bad English wine? They did. Oh, well, yeah, I don't like to go on record as saying that, but... That's all right. You can go on record as saying you didn't enjoy the English wine. doesn't I, necessarily I, mean it's bad. I didn't Maybe enjoy your palate's the... bad. <laughs> yeah, it was English Pinot Noir. And when I told Ollie Smith that, he he really, he, 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 he sort of shook his head and said, you, you idiot. <laughs> With his eyes. So early pubbing as a, a university student, where did you yoon? Uh Cambridge. Shit. Oh dear. One of the great pub cities. Yeah. And it was a very like it was a very interesting experience because I felt like pubs there became a different experience to what they are for me now. I feel like now pubs are friends, they're comedy, they're good times in a good life. And at uni, pubs kind of, like at uni, I would socialise a lot in like the student theatre because I was incredibly cool. Um, Then pubs became like a space for romance and like pubs were always like the subject of like, oh, you know, we've all stayed a bit, we all, me and my romance partner. Um, Your romance partner? My romance partner. that's, That's a phrase that trips off the tongue. Yeah, yeah. I've got away with... I studied English as well, and I think that's seeping through. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it would be like a kind of space where, you know, we'd stay late after the term and then you just find yourself in all these pubs because they weren't as busy then. And the pubs in um, in Cambridge are particularly up my street because there's wood. There's lots of wood wooden works knocking around. There's, like, beams. The Eagle is the longest running oldest building pub in Cambridge and that was like a that was like a really it's it's just exactly what you'd want it to be like loads of beams that say mind your head and that sort of thing which is what I want from a pub yeah Rob what was the pub we went to in Cambridge where they had that little nook that little sort of booth with the closed wooden door oh yeah um I can actually I think I can access it by looking up my, my, your face in my phone's mind. <laughs> That's quite a weird sentence, isn't it? But because it phones recognise faces these these days, let me see if I can get you. The problem is there's so many photos of you on... Oh, no, now I've started a, a memories. Oh, the Kingston of... <laughs> Tavern was one. The Cambridge Blue. And the Free Press. The Free Press is the one oh, yeah. that I really like. That's a lovely pub press. in Cambridge. Yeah, that's a classy yeah. one. But I'm sure I've been to the Eagle as well. The Eagle the Eagle is kind of like bustly. Also, like, I, I don't know. I went back for the first time last year. Obviously, you know, found it a devastating experience. <laughs> Christ, like, yeah. So hellish. Um, yeah. And 
seeing even like a lot of the pubs are kind of changing and are now serving a burger and a chip. <laughs> I, I don't chip. want that. And a chip. I don't want it. Um, so I feel like I can't imagine how like it's changing so much already that I'm just like, well, I can never like I'm never going to go back there because I want to live only in my past. Like, I don't want to engage with what they're. What was that why it was difficult going back because of that nostalgic element where it's changed so much? Yeah, it's, it's exactly that. It's like it's changed so much, and like I, there are so many memories that you don't know you have until you see the building that they happened in. And like oh I God, started that's crying so true. because I walked past a Costa that had been replaced by an Echo shoes shop, and it was where I once got a Lemsip like put into a glass of hot water and that was what sent me over the edge and I was like Anya you need to pull yourself together you left two years ago <laughs> that's really true though I think that place like you know there are so many things we don't remember that have happened to us but there is triggered by going back to places I, I think that's really interesting yeah, when you go back to a pub, you're like, oh, I remember this happened there, but it's not always present in your mind. Yeah, it's like being absolutely... Like, it felt like, also because it's quite a small town, I just walked around feeling like I was being, like, pummeled by memories. P- pummeled by memories, wow. Yeah. And, that, and is that your Edinburgh show? That that's, my, that's my Edinburgh show, <laughs> Pummeled by Memories. <laughs> memories one and your nil. <laughs> Hello fans of Pub and Pint, I'm Jess Phillips, an MP and now for the first time a podcast host. I know that the moon underwater is used to sighing for its letters, so I think you'll love my new podcast that's all about writing letters. It's called Yours Sincerely and in each episode I invite a guest to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love, someone who's no longer around and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. So with that, I'll sign off with yours sincerely, Jess Phillips. I hope you get to enjoy an episode of my podcast soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Anya, what are your first two draft choices? Okay, my first choice is uh, a new addition to my life. Uh, it's been in my life since October. It's a beer called Plant Power, which is not my vibe at all. Sorry, right, I have to apologise. <laughs> We're not no, people yeah. who text into the BBC in capital letters. <laughs> You're allowed to like plant-based things. I'm going to look it up in my mind. Is it a beer? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's gluten-free and vegan which I, I'm not gluten-free. I have dabbled, I've dipped my, I dipped my toe into veganism f- between the ages of like 
16 to 21 and then dipped my toe into eggs from the ages of <laughs> oh, 21. We've all dipped a toe into an egg now and then. Do uh, Just to be clear, do you mean Power Plant by Two Tribes? I do mean that. Sorry, wrong way It's around. a It's a cool name, Power Plant. Mm. Uh, I like Two Tribes uh, Brewery. I'm a big fan of their stuff. It's a 4.5% natural lager. So does this mean it's kind of unfined? It's kind of cloudy? Is that the is that the vibe? Not too much, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think most, I think an awful lot of craft beers are heading towards the unfined vibe because that does usually suggest uh, that it's uh, vegan. But I was drinking Two Tribes Metroland recently, which is their session IPA. That is really nice. You can really quaff that down your old gullet. This power plant is so drinkable. I drink it so fast, and that's not on me. That's on them. Um, yes, it's their fault. It's their fault. So, what's your what's your memory associated with it? So, oh, so it's October. You first had yeah, it. Yeah. So I got um I got invited like by chance by someone I knew who live in who lives in near me. Um, they were like one person short on their fiver side team, and I'm not football at all. Football is not my was not my vibe. Um, You're not football. <laughs> I'm not football. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. I'm not football culture. I'm not, you know, I'm I was sport adjacent for a long time. Um but then I went along and I I just played this five-a-side game and had like the t- the time of my life, which is I think it was a part partially an example of like the really frustrating fact that exercise does make you feel good, which it's devastating (laughs) it's absolutely devastating um but afterwards we all went to the pub and had a pint and someone else was getting a pint of power plant and I was just like oh I'll just have what you're having which is how I get into every situation of my life and it was and I really liked it and now it's become after that I went back to that five-a-side game pretty much every Saturday. Just going, are we going to the pub after this? Is that what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a pit stop on the way to the pub. Yeah, yeah. And it's so nice because it's like a really stable point in my week because my weeks are quite changeable. It's like the one, the still point of my turning world is a five-a-side game and two pints of power plant. And then, yeah, being... T- and it's And it's... I've never... Well, actually, that's not true. I'm about, I'm about to tell another story quite similar, but I think there's a real specific... I like drinking alcohol after a, a mission or something's been accomplished. So like sport or a walk or something like that, like that makes it feel like a real event to me. Yeah, I, I can t- say from personal experience that a nap is not something you should reward yourself with a beer. <laughs> <for>. <laughs> um, quick cue. So I play a lot of golf and a lot of the people I play golf with, we finish like between sort of three and four o'clock. And a lot of people have sort of a couple of pints after. I have never done that and will never be able to do that because if I have two pints, now I'm drinking. Mm. So a sort of a, a mid-afternoon post-walk, post-cycle, post-whatever pint is not on my agenda. Do you not then feel after those two pints that you're like, well, now it's time to to be drinking for the rest of the day or are you able to then sort of switch to a different mode modulus? no i'm i'm drinking then <laughs> nice but does it not annoy you that you're at the five aside place to, 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 how do you get to your next place of drinking so what usually happens is i go 
to the fiver side um, to play the football, go off to the pub with everyone, have t- maybe two pints, and then go home, shower, kind of stumble my way into my room and then go to a, a gig and have an incredible gig <laughs> because I'm <laughs> feeling good for, about myself for once. I couldn't deal with that gap, though. The sh- I couldn't shower after two p- pints, I don't think. You couldn't shower after two pints? <laughs> no, I've never and will never shower after drinking. It feels wrong. It does feel wrong. It feels wrong. John, you're a very much a no-drinking-before-gigs person, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, unless it was a very special occasion, like uh, if I was doing a very, very loose, sort of like late-night Edinburgh-type affair, like Edinburgh Festival, but I would never... I would never have a pint of going on stage because then I'm like, it's almost like I've switched to me time. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I have drunk before going on stage with catastrophic I don't know, uh, I thought you've been pretty good whenever I've seen that. <laughs> pretty good, actually. I, should I do guess that often. gap kind of sobers me up a little bit and then sometimes I might have another drink after the gig just to tie it all up in a lovely little beer bow. Um, <laughs> I just feel uncomfortable imagining... Imagining having two pints and then what, maybe like an hour and a half or two hours before. It's, I just, it's not going to happen for me. Sorry, Anya, but I, I, I do appreciate your power plant um, routine. What would be your second draft item, please? I'm going here on the... I, what I checked was, I think, the definition of draft, which is that it comes in like a large vessel. Because I've never seen this like on a tap in the pub, but I want to go for mulled wine. Interesting. Interesting. Do you know what? I have 100% seen mulled wine coming out of a tap in a in a pub. They do do that. So I'm going to allow it and I'm going to enjoy it. I love mulled wine so much. I was thinking like this year, the Christmas just gone, I really tapped into how much I love it because I had my first mulled wine after like walking up a street full of Christmas trees being sold. And I was like, well, my life is a film um, and I'm loving every second of it. And I just love it. I love the cinnamon. I love the chunks of orange. I always eat the chunks of orange as well. Um, I just really, really engage in the, in the mulled wine. Have, what's the latest or the least, have you ever had it in a non-Christmassy setting? Do you like it enough to just have it all year round? I think I could in theory, but I think that would just like unleash so many demons if I started doing that. But do you not think it needs a special occasion kind of vibe? Like, would it ruin how special it is if you had it all year round? Yeah, maybe. It might be one of those things that is helped by being slightly seasonal. Um, I think if someone offered me mulled wine today, I'd slap it out their hand. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't drink it in, in the <laughs> summer. But I think maybe if it started to creep forward earlier in the winter, I wouldn't say no. Yeah, sure. James Acaster used to have that brilliant bit about his tipple of choice was punch. He always had a bowl of punch. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting what you say about drafts, though, because I'd never really thought about it like that. Because if you had a a cask of beer behind the bar with a little tap, I would say that was draft. But why is it not draft if you ladle that beer out like you would a mulled wine? Mm. That's a really good point, because it's not a bottle, is it? No. Maybe my pub will be ladle-based. Yeah, a ladle-based pub. Ladle. Sorry. 
Hi John, David Cameron here. Really enjoying Moon Underwater, absolutely brilliant. I know you're manically busy, doing a great job by the way, it's bloody hard. I think the team's coping extremely well, but do you have a moment for a word? I'd love to come on the Moon Underwater. Um, I'm on this number and V3. All good wishes, DC. Well, let's move on to what you certainly couldn't fit a ladle into, which is bottles and cans. Thoughts and feelings, please. Okay, so bottle, I'm going for the trusty singer, which I'm drinking right now. I think making its Moon Underwater debut is uh, singer, that's a lager, isn't it? Yes, it's uh, the original Thai beer, premium lager. Uh, Robin, you're a resident lager fanatic. What are you thinking about singer? I, yeah, great. I mean, it's so good with spicy food. I mean, a, a really cold uh, beer. I mean, like if you're having something, you know, I don't think I've ever had it on its own. I guess I've only had it with Thai food, but it's just one of those beers that's so refreshing. It's really good. I got into it because in January 2020, I went to Thailand for a month to do a Thai boxing training camp. What? Yeah, it was, I was, yeah, it was a tricky time in my life before that. <laughs> uh, and so I went to this like boxing camp, like completely randomly. I hadn't really done any, any Muay Thai before, which is the Thai, Thai boxing. I was just like, I think I need to do this. And I went and like, it was quite intense training um, and I loved it. And the first like three weeks, it was all like really like train twice a day. You're doing your boxing, you're doing your yoga. You're like, having this really kind of um like rigorous kind of system and then after about yeah three three and a half weeks me and a few other people who I became friends with found a little shack just down from the training camp which sold beer and crisps um and we started going there (laughs) yeah and undid all the um all the fitness work we'd done. Well, this sounds similar to your five-a-side thing did it become the reward after the exercise? Yeah, it also became the reward just in the evening. Um, And it was like, it was quite nice because it was very drinkable compared to what the trainers, we became friends with all the trainers who were like training us in this, in the Thai boxing. And they would drink um, this spirit, which was just, you know, a clear spirit. And they would sometimes give us shots of it. Um, And there was one of the trainers who spoke really good English. Most of them didn't speak English and would just talk to us via like Google Translate. Um, One of them spoke English and he would never take this shot. And one day I was like, why, like, why do you never drink that when they pass it around? And he was like, they also clean their motorbikes with it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Wow. So Singer is your first bottle or can. What's your second, please? My second is a bottle, which I've got the full name written out, which is 2020 Berry Bros and Rudd Borgen. No, I don't know how to say that. Cote d'Or Pinot Noir by Benjamin LaRue. Benjamin LaRue as a live and breathe. Haven't heard that name for a while. <laughs> I don't know who he is, but I like his wine and I like his He sounds vibe. like he should be on the first series of True Detective. <laughs> <laughs> I started writing 2020 like it was that old... Do you remember that really strong Alcopop you used to get? Well, it wasn't an Alcopop. It was like a sort of liqueur called 2020 that everyone drank in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, But what you mean is the year 2020. Yeah, the year 2020. Could you read that out again? Okay. 2020, Berry Bros and Rudd, Borgen... Borgen... I don't know what that word is. Borgenion? It could be that. B-O-U-R-G-O-G-N-E. I'm going to have to look this up in my, my 
Bogoin. Bogoin coat door pin. I just know there are people listening now going, Oh, it's pronounced like this, you fucking idiot! Like that. <laughs> so yeah, sorry quite possibly to my stepdad who gave me this bottle of wine <laughs> as well. <laughs> I don't think people are listening going like that. Ah, that's just the voice I have in my head at all times. I know, I know. It's but twenty four seven three six five. Okay, here we go. Twenty twenty Berry Bros and Rug, Bourgoyne Coat Pinot Noir by Benjamin Larue as I live and breathe, and it ain't cheap, but it does look absolutely superb. I've never bought this wine for myself. Well, prices start from eighteen ninety five a bottle, which. It's sort of, I would say, that's like the most you want to spend on a bottle of wine. That's going to be a really, really nice bottle of wine. But you're not paying overly for sort of fanciness or sort of reputation. You're you're paying for really superb wine. Mm. Where did you first have uh, Benjamin LaRue? My, my stepdad had it at his birthday this year. Um, I went back back to back to Marlowe for his birthday and they always get so excited and I brought some friends as well and we went to first we went to see all the bluebells in the forest and then we came back and drank three bottles of this wine which was celebratory and really lovely and also clearly a big financial drain and like I've just really started enjoying red wine this year I never really uh I always felt like it was a I thought it was kind of too cultured for me. I felt like because I didn't really know anything about it, I couldn't, wouldn't enjoy it. Um, and now I'm, now I've realised that I love it, and it feels so. It feels like such an event to drink it. I really, I really enjoy it. It's like, oh, I'm drinking red wine tonight. Like I feel like I'm, I'm a woman drinking red wine. Like <laughs> I'm in a poem. Yeah. Mm. Can I just read to you from the description on the uh, Benjamin Brothers and Rudd website? Our friend Benjamin LaRue has made this excellent Burgundian Pinot Noir for us, sourced exclusively from vineyards in Chorley Le Bon. This wine punches above its weight in complexity and elegance. The nose is serious and brooding. Pepper notes accompany charming wild berry fruits. The warm and sunny vintage delivers generous Morello Celli and subtle spice. Not my words. The words of BBR.com. Hey, wait, that's what Borgoyne means. It just means Burgundy. Does it really now? Yes, Borgoyne just means Burgundy. That's okay. It's approachable now, but has the structure to keep for three to five years. Pair this versatile wine with charcuterie cheese and heartier dishes. Mm, the mind boggles. <laughs> I don't think, I think like I'm not, I think inside, I've just learned this phrase. I want to see if I'm using it right. Inside me, I think there are two wolves of alcohol consumption <laughs> and one Tell, of them is hang on hang on tell me more about the two wolves <laughs> of alcohol not, consumption. i thought that was a really common phrase but i said it i said it to someone the other day and they were like what was the wolves bit about i don't think anyone's ever said it before <laughs> uh, but i don't it, i don't mind it one bit tell me about the two wolves of alcohol consumption please. So there's two wolves and they're fighting each other to be my personality and one of them enjoys very like I guess more sophisticated stuff like this wine that costs four million pounds essentially. 1895. 1895, sorry, yeah, I rounded up. And the other <laughs> one is like enjoying really kind of is really comfortable with just drinking the shit stuff from the shop that's like the cheapest. Um and I feel like I'm really oscillating between those two. Sometimes you want Genesis and sometimes you want Phil Collins. That's that's all I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
But what about if you want Genesis with Phil Collins? Mm. What's that? Jacob's Creek? Yeah, that's probably like... Oxford yeah. Landing? Yeah. <laughs> Bancot Estate? Yeah, so that's those wolves are always fighting for me, is, is, is my summary. I think Genesis with Phil Collins is uh, Campo Viega. Mm. Mm. Okay. You know, it's in the six to seven quid category, but it is good, is good stuff. I think everyone's got two wolves of alcohol consumption in them in many ways. Some people have got three or four wolves. <laughs> a wolf pack. Yeah, I've got a pack <laughs> of wolves in me. Sometimes they're saying, John, buy that £15 bottle of Riesling. Sometimes they're saying, John, get 20 cans of Inches Cider. <laughs> and also, Inches Cider is, is not Phil Collins. I think Inches Cider is Phil Collins with Genesis. Sure. Okay. Strongbow is Phil Collins. Strongbow is mm. Phil Collins. No jacket required. Yeah. Which is still good. But actually, Phil Collins is is good. Actually, so maybe Strongbow isn't isn't Phil Collins. What's Phil Collins for goodness sake? <laughs> well, insider terms. Um, insider terms. Do you know? What? I think Phil Collins is is Thatcher's hazy. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Gabriel era Genesis is Breton cider. I would say. Yes. Oh, for goodness sake, yes. <laughs> and um and Phil Collins with Genesis is Inches. Uh, inches. So we've we've dealt with the various wolves of Phil Collins alcohol <laughs> consumption. <laughs> well that's a superb choice so, so far in Anya Magliano's Dream Pub, we have Power Plant, 4.5% from two tribes. We have mold wine on draft, because it's technically on draft. We have Singer. 5% in uh, bottles. And we have also a bottle of the 2020 Berry Brothers and Rudd Bourguignon Pinot Noir by Danny LaRue. But now we head over to the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down. It's time for the quiz. Played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger. That wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey have been deducted five points. Welcome to this week's Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. And this week it's another very rude quiz as I ask questions about very rude place names or street names in the UK. The question is, are they real... Or have I just made them up? And thanks again to Alex. <laughs> thanks again to Alex McNutt for providing this week's quiz. Um, so, are you ready? Do you understand the concept? Have you made them up, or has Alex McNutt made them up? He came up with a theme. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Question one: Bell End. Simple as that. Yeah. Has it got a space between the bell and the end, or is it all one word? Space. Okay. Question two. Fanny Thorpe. <laughs> Question th <laughs> Question three. Twat. T W A Double T. Twat. Question four. I should say there's five, by the way. It's not gonna go on forever. Question four. Willie's crossing. Willie's Crossing uh, is plural Willie's, W-I-L-L-I-E-S, Willie's Crossing. Yeah. And fifth and finally is Ass Hill. 
Ass Hill A-double-S space H-I-double-L. There we go. Very good luck. Answers in part two. Rob, can I ask you one question? Yes, sure. Are some of them definitely made up? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I thought they were all That's real. That's what I thought as well. <laughs> I thought it was a bluff. Ah, maybe it is a double bluff. Well, uh, folks, we leave you on those very tawdry tenterhooks uh, as we move into part two. We thank Anya Magliano for her time so far, but we look forward to welcoming you back to the second half of uh, this week's Murmuration of the Moon Underwater. Uh, Just a reminder that you can go to moonunderpod.com to find out about live shows and how to support us via Patreon. Uh, And we will see you very shortly. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.